Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the Business Social Podcast with your host Akash Gupta. This episode is brought to you by Sixendry Equities India Limited and Stores B. Today, to talk about the do's and don'ts of conducting an effective webinar, we have with us an e-commerce guru, a highly acclaimed networker, a corporate trainer, a mentor, and the CEO and founder of Stores B, which is one of the fastest-growing e-commerce business building platforms, Mr. Kaizad Sepoy. Thank you, Mr. Kaizad, for joining us and uh, removing some time on this holiday. Thank you, Akash. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good, and I'm glad we got a chance to speak to you and get things going. Because from the last time we spoke, you gave a lot of good insights and a lot of good ideas on how to conduct a brilliant webinar. I remember in the one hour of meeting that I had with you, and you had such good points, and you've been mentoring people a lot. So I felt like I was being given a lot of information, and thought it's a good idea to give it to everyone now. So a couple of things I wanted to. talk to you about one was that recently since the lockdown zoom has become the staple software in everyone's phones and everyone's relying on zoom and other platforms as well to conduct webinars and seminars and get in touch with people so currently webinars are highly effective for 47% of the organizations according to dynamicbusiness.com and 72% organizations now run six or more webinars a year and 33% run more than 20 webinars a year these are the data points that are given how do you see this becoming the future and the growth of acceptance of webinars in the future okay akash so ideally i'll tell you what firstly you need to understand what are you trying to do on a webinar why would you want to have a webinar and what is it that you're trying to achieve with the audience so firstly it is important to figure out what is your call to action there has to be one specific call to action that has to come out from every webinar that we do now ideally it can be an action that you ask your audience to do you want to fill up a form you want to get a survey you want to sell a product you want to sell a service come what may ultimately you have to have a certain call to action that has to be at the end of the webinar so from what i understand yes a lot of companies uh, now have move to webinars in fact webinars have been going on for a long long time very progressive and technology advanced companies had already moved into webinars selling much 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 before so if you have a product which is uh, going to go globally across don't have geographical boundaries uh, you have a service which is uh, going to be extended across geography webinar is the way you want to basically go ahead and pitch to your audience and at the end of the day yes you can say acceptance of webinars during this covid period and lockdowns has grown a lot yes a lot of people are preferring zoom meetings which is a more of a one to one whereas a webinar is a one to many sort of a event but yes i think it, it is only going to get stronger because you're going to have a lot of your uh, low and mid size companies and small companies uh, get into this entire uh, segment of trying to pitch through webinars and connect with their audience i think having a good call to action after the webinar is the most important thing of a webinar like that's the first thing that should be planned when you're giving a webinar also now that you mentioned that companies are now moving on to multiple multiple webinars and they are progressing in that field we've seen that when the zoom's stock price was trading at less than 69 dollars per share in 2020 the starting of 2020 
and now mm. it's trading at over $239 on June 16th, actually, not even now. So that was a 248% jump in just the share price. We can see that this is actually happening and people are now realizing the importance of being online and, you know, being connected. Earlier, we used to have in-person presentations where we used to get limited amount of people. But now there's no limit. You can have people sitting halfway across the world, attending your webinar and getting the same benefit as they would. I would agree to that. Yes. Yeah. So right now we see so many people conducting webinars and there are so many companies and individuals who've gotten into this habit of giving knowledge. I've seen that some of them are not very effective. Can you tell us some of the basic mistakes people make when they're giving a webinar? So the basic mistake a person makes while giving a webinar is you can't sell a $9 product. You can't sell a $50 product and you can't sell a 900 and a $9,000 product in the same way. So, you know, webinar is more when you want to connect with a very, very, very wide scale of audiences and you would want good conversion rate. But at that same time, the bill ticket is a little higher. You don't need a webinar for a low bill ticket product. So if you're going to sell a service, so you just want people to take a survey. Now that depends on uh, how big and how wide your funnel is also. So if you're, if you're going to have a very wide upsell funnel and you have got a downsell as well, all of that attached. Yes, you can start your webinar with a, a very entry level and a base level thing like a survey, which is uh, absolutely not a very specific call to action, I would say. But yes, a survey can do a lot of sorting for your riffraff and you can get to understand exactly who your target audience is that you want to work with. So firstly, I would feel the basic mistake people made is that they don't understand when to use a webinar. Webinar is a tool that you want to use very, very, very wisely. And that is the time you want to actually get a different approach going for your brand. Also, I would feel a webinar is something where people don't understand how long it should be. A good structured webinar, all right, max to max is a one and a half hour webinar. You need to get all your stuff, all your tools in all of that one and a half hour. And you need to get the sale closed in that time as well. You need to get your call to action triggered in that time as well. So I think the basic two mistakes people make is these two. Okay. So this is the basic mistakes that people make and coming to planning a proper webinar. How do you suggest that someone should plan before starting a webinar? Like you mentioned that you should know your audiences and you should know exactly what kind of groups you're speaking to and how you're going to execute it and speak to them in a different way. So what kind of planning does one need to do to have a very effective and a structured webinar? All right. So when you're planning a webinar, all right, the first thing is there is always going to be a pre-event during the event and post the event situation that you need to break your planning into. Now, before the actual event, you want to have a proper teaser campaign. You want to have the right audiences that you want to work with. You need to have a proper list that you want to market to, or you want to have a proper ad campaign that is running so that you can get the people registered for the webinar. Also, you need to have periodic reminders to them to say that, you know, your uh, event date is approaching, get them pumped for the event. All right. That's your resell format that you're basically looking at during the event. 
that's your actual webinar you want to look at the visuals that you're going to pump into the webinar the script you're going to use the tonality the whole how do you want to basically talk to your audience now i can be having a very dry sort of a subject but i can make it very interesting so irrespective of however you're actually playing the script of the webinar you want to make it engaging you want to make it interesting you want to ask you want to activate the chat box you want to activate the polls you want to do all these meeting stimulants that you want so that you can get the audience engaged and at that same time once the call to action is triggered you will see a lot of people that have signed in plugged into the webinar you want to work with that audience as well so you need to have a very good nurture sequence a proper format in which you're taking audiences ahead ensure you have a if i say it correctly you need to have a real kick ass funnel so once you have that entire thing sorted up well i think chances of failure are negligible okay like you mentioned there's a call to action you need to know your audience correct you need to have a proper funnel to market your event and create some noise in the market about what you're going to do and how you're going to help people now one thing that covers the planning part of it now when it comes to actually executing the plan people sometimes expect more than what you've projected some of us also sometimes promise more than what we are going to deliver and that's how people's interest is lost sometimes when you're executing or giving a webinar so if someone is giving a webinar what are the key execution points they should follow and how should they interact with the audience in such a way that they're not being boring they are not being monotonous they're not giving them any kind of advice that is not useful for them sometimes when you advertise and everything and when you execute that two different worlds altogether so can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about the execution part of a webinar so here predominantly you're talking about engaging your audience and ensuring that you get the attentiveness of the audience if i'm getting that correctly Yes. So, uh, yes. yes. So, in even that, you think you got to understand one thing. Today, you know, there are studies to say that a human mind's uh, or a brain's attention span has gone below the stage of a goldfish. Uh, I mean, a lot of studies that have happened, etc. You can read it up on Google. I feel that attention can be grasped in two different manners. All right. Now, if if at all my attention span was as low as that of a goldfish, why would I sit through a very very gripping movie without doing anything and have so much attention given to that two hours or something that I'm constantly seeing that movie? Now, it all depends on the subject. So, firstly, you need to have the right audience. Akash, it's very necessary that if at all you don't have the right audience, they're going to feel disconnected and the content is not going to resonate with them. So when you have those kind of people in the room, it's very specific that you need to have that right audience with you. And finally, if you go to see today, while I'm probably you know on the television seeing something, etc., I will be fidgeting with my phone as well. but i don't do that when i'm sitting in a movie theater now when i'm sitting for that time in a movie theater my phones are off you know that the whole stimulation has happened around it you know they've asked you to please switch off your phone so as to not to disturb everyone they've dimmed the lights it's become dark you got the whole concentration going on to your screen similarly you need to have certain guidelines that you want to set you want to set the mood correct in the beginning while you're doing that webinar as well because a lot of them are going to be distracted people are obviously going to be on mute but their ears are going to be listening to you but at that same time you need to have 
their attentiveness grip with meeting stimulants like polls, engagement stimulants where you're asking them to type something in the chat. Uh, you know, you want to make it a little more personal, uh, call out their names. These are the kind of things that are actually going to make the presentation style very, very, very different. That's what I mean. No, that's actually quite right because the fact that you said that there's a full uh, setting created around movies and there's a full ideology created around how and how the tension is always there, like you correctly mentioned. Similarly, in a webinar, if we follow those traits and, you know, if we have an engagement process where we continuously throughout the webinar, we're engaging them by, like you rightly said about polls, about just question answers and being interactive. See, you need to also understand exactly what you're using the webinar for. Now, I could be using a webinar to make a sale. I can be using a webinar to connect with my audience on an initial ground. And I can use my webinar for my existing clients on a Q&A session. Now, when I have multiple clients coming out to me and telling me that, okay, they, they need to basically interact with me, but obviously I can't interact with all of them on a daily basis. So here I'm giving you all one hour, ask me anything in that one hour that you want, and I'll give you my one hour collectively. So it all goes on, you know, who comes first, ask the question, and I, I go in a row and I answer all these questions. So uh, if I, if I want to basically call an expert uh, to basically cater to my clients for that one hour, one and a half hour, I may have a webinar scenario where they can ask a question to that expert. So I can use a webinar at multiple levels. So you need to understand exactly what you're using your webinar for. And that specification is going to make you realize about how to pro- proceed with the tone of engagement. Okay, that makes sense because there are different kinds of webinars which are there. Yeah, I mean, you can have a webinar for any. Uh, a webinar is essentially a one-to-many meeting, but it can be a team meeting of uh, 300 people. It could be a, uh, an entire... I mean, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, but there are really, really not any specific formula for the number of types of meetings that can be done through a webinar. No, understood. I understood that because it's vast and it's it's a space where the more you explore, the more you'll find finding different ways to do this. I want to ask you now, you've conducted so many webinars and you've given so many presentations. Can you tell us from some of your personal experiences on how you structured a webinar and what was your call to action and where did you see the result and how did you see the result take place? You know, so I have a very simple formula for uh, getting a, getting a webinar constructed. All right. I call it as my uh, eight point pitch. Okay. So firstly, whoever you're actually addressing, all right, you need to, let's say you're trying to do a sale. All right. I'll I'll address one segment of a webinar because most of us are are, are probably going to use a webinar for making a sale or a pitch. So let me put it in that kind of a format. So let's say first things first, you need to identify what is the actual problem that your audience is facing. Till you don't understand and identify the problem, uh, you're not going to get their attention. Now, what you want to do is at stage two, you want to build fear and probably agitate the problem. Now, this is exactly done in a very smooth manner, but this is exactly where where, where you're creating that But at that same time, on stage three, you need to have your solution becoming the hero. And then at stage four, you want to go and probably simplify and erase that fear, you know. 
So get your audience to believe that yes, there is the solution. And this is where I think my entire problem can get erased. So by the time you were at stage four, if you've got an attentive hearing person, they're already with you. And now what you want to do it as stage five is that you want to build an extreme value into that one offer that you want to give up. So make the offer in at stage five. Now, this is where most of the people are going to mentally buy in into your service. All right. At stage six, you want to basically give them a bonus stack and overwhelm them with that. So what is going to happen is that they're going to say that, okay, I needed X, Y, Z, but now what I'm doing is I'm just not getting X, Y, Z. I'm getting A, B, C, D, E, F and the whole jazz. So that's where you give them that bonus stack. Do not forget to introduce scarcity. You need to make them realize that this decision needs to be taken now. And finally go for the close and get them to make the payment. This is where you are taking them to a link, making them sign up. And that's where your close is actually going to happen. So that's your eight points of actually taking somebody from scratch to a close over a webinar. Okay. So to summarize what you said, I'm breaking them into points. So number one would be identify a problem. Number two, create fear about that problem. Number three, your solution being the hero. Number four, your solution also addressing the fear of the people and telling them that it's going to be okay. Simplify and erase the fear. Number five, build an extreme value. You need to build a lot of value and that's going to be your offer. And mentally, you're going to make them close over there. Six being your bonus stack overwhelm. Seven being where you're introducing the scarcity. You need to tell them this is only for a certain amount of time. You can't have that offer going on for eons and eons. All right. It's not going to work. You need to give them. You need to take it away from them. See, you're going to find value only when you don't have something or when you had something and you've lost it. You're a human at the end of the day. So you need to introduce the scarcity to also, you know, push the guys over the edge. You want to take this decision. You're going to work on psychology and finally go for the close. That's when you give them the payment link. And that's your eight points of actually conducting the top class webinar that you want to do. That's amazing because scarcity is quite interesting. Like you mentioned of hitting the emotion side of the people. That's what they do in sales as well. They like sales is for a limited time period only when you go to these fancy stores is just for one month. And then that's when you'll see people walking in and getting it. And the next day there's no sale. The idea of creating a scarcity is actually very, very good because that's when you know that you've actually benefited from doing your webinar and you're getting the right traction. Yeah. You want to make somebody feel they've got a deal, you know, you want to make somebody go back out of that webinar with the fact that they got a massive deal. They're the winners at the end of the day. So they got to feel like they won. Now, which race was won if, if it was not timed and which race was won if, if at all there was no start and end. That's, that's where you need to have your uh, parameters and of measure. So mm-hmm. you've got to introduce that. Yes. So moving further, I want to ask now, where do you see the future of webinars going after things open up and after in-person events start happening? Do you actually see webinars still being a very crucial and important part of each organization going forward? Akash, I'll tell you what, 
there is a lot of sentiment going around uh, in the minds of people who 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 still want that physical approach to the way things were uh and there are a few people that have progressed to understanding that it's it's far more uh economic it's far more fast see brands are never going to go away uh from their physical presence all right uh no matter how big anybody or any brand makes it in the e-commerce world they're never going to give up their physical uh brand presence so these these things are always going to be there physical events are always going to be there and the touch feel factor of it the whole experience bit of it is is going to be sold the way it was but you got to have a balance i feel if if you are in a segment where you have a touch feel factor you were doing events if you're that kind of a brand that was doing that kind of events i would always feel just balance it out now that's what i would feel as as the future of webinars going ahead would always be that it's going to be a balanced structure i mean definitely the lockdown and covid has taught us that this is always an option now of doing business i mean companies have started moving and shutting their offices and feeling that now they don't need an office so uh, there are always going to be people that are going to feel that now they do not need a physical uh, event uh you know a one to many event so you would always going to have that option and that's why they're going to save money and pump it all into advertising yeah that actually makes sense because there's a lot of people now who've chosen not to continue with their rent in their offices because they figured that it's easier to work from home and just meet once a week maybe at a co-working space or something like that you know absolutely but, absolutely yeah but okay now moving forward again from there Do you see that there are benefits of conducting the webinar, even though that things are moving forward and people would still prefer in-person meetings? But there's always a pros and cons to doing this. Like just to wrap up quickly, we can go through these pros and cons. I feel number one, like uh, immediately, you you leverage geography when it comes to uh, webinar. so i can i don't need to basically now go over to the us i don't need to have cross country uh, travel to to attend one event i can be doing that online so uh, obviously there is a benefit if you if you are working with that kind of audience a lot of dignitaries can get connected and your selling factor of a webinar goes very very high i mean i can have experts coming into my webinar from around the globe and at that same time and i i need to basically bring down the cost of had i actually to do that physically i would have had to uh, play with the whole logistics you know right from travel to uh, caretaking all the way to lodging and uh, looking at their engagement all of that so it, it's a lot of uh, cost that goes into doing this kind of an event physically so i would definitely feel there is a benefit in conducting a webinar but uh it, it it's all about the product at the end of the day it's all about the service it's about exactly who your audience is do they prefer to do a physical uh, event or would they prefer attending a physical event or if they would prefer attending a you know an online thing so i would say work to your audience that's actually quite interesting because like you mentioned you save a lot of money and a lot of time and effort by just doing a webinar all your travel time your lodging time like you correctly mentioned your expenses this is just a much better platform if you know your audience well 
and yeah, if, I mean, imagine if you were to go to an expo, Akash, and you know you had to basically fill up forms or or enter stuff. Now everything's tech based, but imagine those days when we actually used to go to a tech expo and fill up a form, and then you know there's a whole team that sits for data entry of that form and run it into a tech process. So here it's all registered online. You're tracking exactly who's coming in, how much time they spent on a webinar. What's their entire engagement level? You've got all that data now. So it's also the data that comes out from people attending the webinar, which is very beneficial. I mean, you won't know how many people are sitting in an event, can you? And how many people are actually paying attention in what room of the event? But in a webinar, I can exactly know which people are in what breakout room, how much time have they spent, which segment of it that have they heard the best. So so we got all of that data. Correct. That's true. The data is much more easily available. So coming to the last question, and I guess we can end with this, is that if someone wants to get in touch with you now and understand this more in detail, I believe you also have your own consultancy firm. Uh, How can someone get in touch with you and take things forward if they want to understand this more in detail and get some advice from you? I'm very, very, very choosy with the kind of people that I do personal consulting for. So I, I need to know whether they're prepared not sounding boasting at all, but over here, it's very, very clear that from whatever time we input into the system, we need to have that uh, output coming as well. So if somebody is interested, I'm, I'm most willing to work with brands, uh, but at that same time, they'll need to uh, put up a request on my email. This is, this is something that I take a very personal decision on. So if I don't have a system where they can just come in and sign up for a session. So yes, they can uh, sign up to my and send me an email and I will be able to work with them. They can connect with me on LinkedIn also. Okay. So LinkedIn is the best way to connect with you, I believe. I guess I would prefer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I guess that's uh, all for today. And uh, thank you for logging in and listening to the podcast to get more information regarding products, services, and other market content. Please log on to www.sre.co.in. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Let's grow together. Thank you.